This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflot and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Tupac, oh! AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course. Uh, as I said, though, joined by Hamflet and Sidgwick. Welcome to all our new listeners off the back of yesterday's Raw preview. <laughs> We're here to talk about the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. What do you make of it, Hamflet? <laughs> I hope the uh, the rest of the season is as good as the premiere, because I thought this show absolutely f***ing rules. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm, I, like, I'm looking forward to going through it beat by beat for the most part, which is rare that you say that about an entire Raw it had flaws, obviously, but I thought this was just a tremendous use of the three hours. It was... I don't think for a second that um, Triple H is suddenly going to become the listening guy, as many people like thought Tony Khan was during the early days of AEW and criticism seemingly being addressed almost immediately. Mm. But he did get rid of the black and white after one week. And now it went over 10 minutes on this Raw. So he's got somebody online checking, <laughs> checking the pulse and checking the scuttlebutt because that felt... Uh, quite like a prominent difference between Extreme Rules on Saturday to the show here, and indeed every Roy's book so far, I guess. It's, you know, it is the cheat code with Triple H, we know this. I thought this had loads of developments I was genuinely interested in seeing playing out in the weeks to come. I thought the storylines that are continuing on were handled fantastically well. Uh, and there was a segment on here that I was, like, I could not wait to come into work and gush about. I loved it that much, and I've already watched it again since watching it first time this morning. I loved it that much. This is... Like, this is fun. This is possibly as good as it gets for me as somebody that is predisposed to quite liking WWE mm-hmm. because it's pretty much everything I can ask for out of this product I've chosen. A great time. A really great time. I, on the other hand, am predisposed to not liking mm-hmm. WWE for its contrived plotting and all of the things that longtime listeners are probably bored of me saying right now. But you only see something like The Avengers or something that just is quite massive for what it is, and you think, absolutely not for me, that. But my God, that feels massive, and then everyone I know who likes it is really, really into mm-hmm. it. 
That was pretty much my perspective on Raw, elements of which I really, really, really did enjoy myself, but it just felt like if I was bang into this, I would be loving this episode, loving this feeling around the company right now. I still have my problems. I will continue to articulate my core problems with the way that this promotion does things that just aren't to my tastes, but I think I've got a strong enough rationale. But my God, I felt a bit like... Outside the window a bit. <laughs> oh, people are really having fun with this. <laughs> I'm not Doug, but they are. It's my um, objective, I think, as a analyst, to put my finger on what people are thinking and try and articulate that. And this company has got this fan base like a light mm. buzzing, and I can't recall the last time this happened. Maybe, maybe WrestleMania 30. They've botched all of it into oblivion. <laughs> yeah. But it's like... And it's always one story. Like, they would lean everything on one story. Yeah. I was thinking like Becky Lynch in 2019, or for that matter, Kofi Mania, where they got stumbled on two. But basically, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You get one angle at best, and you cling to that. I think with the Cesaro winning the, on, the Andre, like, them building a new big bad in Brock, whether you like the fact that he broke the streak or not, and then the Daniel Bryan stuff, and you thought, you could fantasy book this, the Shield are still strong. You could fantasy book, and it just did feel like a genuine youth movement of sorts. The difference is that they've got that reaction again, despite it not being anywhere near the best stuff WWE or the WWF's ever done, but still the fundamental fatal flaws. This is the last time I, I can recall since 2014 where people were thinking... Jesus Christ, this is really good, and I'm really happy with it. And the key difference now is that nagging suspicion that other kind of got forced into it. That's not yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of 2014, and obviously your memories of WrestleMania, I just want to mention this now because I'll definitely forget if and when we even touch on what he was up to tonight. Did you see that SmackDown, Bray Wyatt's return, is in New Orleans? Yeah. They're thinking about the geography. There's been loads of evidence of oh, that. I didn't see that. Since Triple H has come in, again, like absolutely AEW playbook stuff, this, but looking at the geography... Uh, of the touring schedule and making things like just maximizing appearances and uh, stuff. Toronto deal. Yeah. Chad Gable. Loads of that. And it's like, obviously he could have appeared here and I'm sure that Extreme Rules was, you know, wasn't just, a, I'm, never, I'm not saying it was just a pin in the map. They were obviously had a, a timeline for things. But you want to think that's not just luck. Mm. You, you know, a beloved figure there and there's links to the character's history there as well. And that's it's where he's going to nice happenstance of nothing else. Yeah. This felt to me, because uh, I agree, I agree with both sides of you, like, I didn't watch this going, is this the best Raw ever? Because I've developed, I probably didn't have one a few years ago before I started a Watt Culture. I developed a, a critical side to my uh, experience of watching uh, Monday Night Raw in particular. And there was like, there's issues here. And there was some stuff I didn't like. But for the most part, I was like vibrating for the returns and the surprises and all that. It felt like a Raw after WrestleMania for me. Oh, yeah. Like uh, when they actually tried with those sorts of things. <laughs> Um, and, well, let's dive straight into it, because the show's dead, and we let it gag stuff. Uh, <laughs> so we're picking up straight off where we uh, where we left with the Raw preview yesterday. It's nice to know we're across everything, isn't it? We cover everything in the preview, even the stuff they don't announce. We could have seen it coming. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome for... Uh, it was coming. It was coming. And somebody could see it coming, because otherwise it'd take an eye out. So them. the show opens... Uh, Road Dog hasn't got a dumb man. <laughs> Road Dog. Show Dog, man. <laughs> we open in Gorilla. There's Road Dog, X Park, Shawn Michaels, uh, and they're going, Oh, well, isn't it funny how we look at TV screens? And then they do the whole, Are you ready? Are you ready? And then they go, Are you ready? 
And there's Triple H doing his best Vince impression, basically. He's got uh, suit, glasses, headset, and he's like, ah, look, guys, you know, new position. I can't really do all the, uh, the well, I suppose I didn't put it best. Michael Sidgwick did. I can't do the whole. I promise. It's, your lemmy is so good that it's been your physical downfall. <laughs> this, I'm going to get carried away with this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place... We talked about a moratorium yesterday. I'll try and limit it after this podcast. Yes. Right, okay. But for now... <laughs> so he's like, you know, sponsors, my new role. We can't do what we're used to. Telling people, Who's saying that to you right now for our podcast? <laughs> They know what they're getting into. They're sponsoring <laughs> this podcast. Uh, he says, you know, don't do any swears. Don't talk you back, Jack and Balls. <laughs> Road Dog did generally pop me by just going penis like that. <laughs> uh, he said, can we say penis? And then they all start effing and jeffing and it's censored and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then Michael's like, whoa, there's four cats hanging out right there. <laughs> and there was. And it's four toy inflatable chickens. Uh, and uh, again, I'm not. I don't like him, but I did like Road Dog going. Yeah, that one in the end's mine. Sorry about that. What? Uh, anyway, they leave because it was time for uh, Triple H to choke the old chicken. Uh, <laughs> well, what does that mean? Uh, I, I don't think it quite means. I just my jack. I mean, he's talking about Jack in it. I think it's time I jerk my own jack. <laughs> this is a hell of a revelation. Oh, unbelievable! Man. Years into this podcast, we've had this. I never knew. Hold ahead, Mike. Over there. Over there, head, Mike. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, they, we'll see you later. More of that later on. When he's burying the losers on Twitter, he's the ace of spades. Yeah. And uh, and then Corey Graves, the big open. Corey Graves welcomes us to Raw and introduces him to his new uh, co-commentator. Oh, his laptop's gone down again. <sighs> Jesus. Already? Only nine minutes into the podcast. Uh, so it's Corey. It's not, not Michael Cole, Jimmy Smith? Jimmy. Not Jerry the King Lawler ever Vince. again. Please no. Booker's on in it. Imagine bringing Vince back as a talent just uh, to uh, that'd be weird, wouldn't it? Big Joe's Big Joe's. Oh! Teachable moment! Teachable moment! Oh yeah, it's Kevin Patrick! <laughs> Where he deserves <laughs> to be. So happy for him. Uh and uh, yeah, I thought he did a great job to be fair on this show. Kevin Patrick is a quick word on him. Can I ruin the mood and then lighten it with yeah. something else? I will give him time. Yeah. And it was his first night. Yeah. So I'm not going to go studs up two-footed horror challenge, but I don't think it was particularly good. But, you know, I'll go back and read my first articles on whatculture.com slash WWE. Check them all out. Except the ones I wrote very early. Because I was literally just doing a Finn Martin impression. So <laughs> ultimately, I will give him time and I'll mm. reserve judgment. Can I put over the... The DX thing at the start. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I haven't even asked your thoughts on uh, the whole gag stuff. It's not just the cock stuff. <laughs> the, every time they do this uh, gimmick, previously, they've done the old gag about, uh, we're old, can't say this stuff anymore like we did when we were in our 20s because we're old now. And we still kick your f***ing ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll still kick your ass and your ass, asshole, and your ass. When I've got leather jackets, I'll still kick your f***. I'll still kick your ass. Line of asses around the corner getting ready to be kicked by Degeneration X. Yeah, I'll kick your ass. I'll kick your, I'll kick your ass. Might be old, but I can still kick your goddamn ass. <laughs> if you're looking, we funny. Triple literally nicknamed himself the ass. I know. For a bit. 
I'm not a corporate guy. I am the ass kicker, dead man. So they've always had, and this has annoyed me more than anything, other than, you know, the horrible racism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beyond that, what irritated me a lot about DX was this whole, like, this artificial veneer of self-awareness, which is heavily ironic because they are not, this, they're trying to be self-aware in a way that they're trying to get all kinds of credibility. Like, oh, you know, we're not really like, we are, though. Look at <laughs> us flogging the merch. Yeah. Buy the fucking shirt. The, Buy look it. at us flogging the merch. Buy it. Yeah. Huh, we're a bit old now, still kick your ass. <laughs> They could not have looked, and I think this is by calculated design, more like just completely past it schmucks, and they mm. played with that for comic effect. They finally got it. We can't chin. And it's one of it's a, it's the curve. Oh, didn't they do well for not ruining a promising mid-carder's career? <laughs> well done, DX. But still, even against the curve, I liked how they just looked like dickheads, and they kind of knew they looked like dickheads as well. It was it was a better show for it. Mm. I, I think previously, if you'd had everything that happened later on in the main event segment that inevitably ends with a mid-card you liked once eating a pedigree. Such a bad taste it would leave in your mouth. Yeah. And they didn't even, they'd like, they resisted the urge to. I don't know if anything happened when they went off the air or whatever it was, but... I think it was just a nightmare, nice moment with Trips well, it was. Sure, yeah. What you got to see. They were, you know, they weren't a draw, but people would have been going hoping to hear the music, see some cross Did you see shops. the ticket sales? Well, the oh. ticket sales were, like, the ticket sales were decent, and they were boosted after Saturday, so Jesus Christ. They were Christ. boosted by DX as well. By DX as well, you know, so, like... So, that they weren't great, then DX, and then Bray got two spikes. And it's two spikes, two spikes, you know, same people class, asking people to suck your cat. Uh, like, spike was like, hey, hey, suck my cat. They <laughs> measured... They measured exactly what people would have wanted without anybody leaving with that bad taste. Nobody would have left feeling disappointed, I don't think, no. from what they got, because you don't want any more from these codgers. And it, the, the point, to Cedric's point, the amount they referenced it throughout the night, even in a little silly backstage vignette halfway through the show, it was constantly there that, like, Christ, a spectre of death hang, hangs over all of you boys, doesn't it? Like, then they knew it. Mm. Still think x pack could go. I wish he could go. Oh. I think he's it, the he, most self-aware to know that he wouldn't. You try to go on GCW, but the problem with GCW is that they like longer matches, even more than freaking Triple H. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, boys. Come on. Uh, then it was time for the Bloodline. They come out. Uh, yeah. Huge baby. Uh, and they do the whole Brooklyn, New York, acknowledge me. Uh, and Rain starts cutting a promo talking about looking ahead when you're the greatest of all time. His dad always taught him that the loudest in the room, though, was the weakest in the room, and suddenly you're like, "Oh no, 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 not, not, not now." Did you see Sammy's face? Yeah. Um. Oh my god. Oh my god. He looked like he was bricking it. Very scared. Very so. Oh, he's just the best. How many is there? Like five. There's five of them all together in the ring, isn't there? Like the fa- the. Well, image- let's, go, let's go through it. Heyman says so Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Sami Zayn, the Usos, and so there's six. So there's six. The face acting of all of them. Like, absolutely, yeah. at this point, it's fantastic. Like, there is so much to watch all the time. Mm. The only it's like person, in a circle segment when it, they were yeah. at loggerheads a bit. They all know themselves. The only person you don't need to watch is Solo Sokoa, but then you kind of do, because if he does something, mm-hmm. that's something. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they're all, they're so locked in. I'm going to talk about it now, but I want to uh, preface this with your tweet that you sent earlier, which I thought was absolutely spot on, which is whenever Sami Zayn yeah. speaks. Yeah, whenever Sami Zayn comes out now, he gets the most popular performer cast member in a sitcom gets the applause pop. Mm. Like it's the cream of the door thing. Yeah. Which but used to happen in the Bloodline locker room now, it doesn't does. it? It does. But he's also more George Costanza yeah. <laughs> in his yeah. personality. Like he's so George. I would not be surprised if he hadn't patterned a lot of his act because George was this neurotic and um, paranoid guy, which is how this whole thing's evolved. He's always, whenever he gets a glimmer of like luck in his life, he always is just so much of an arsehole that like, he takes it way too far. 
great. Yeah, genuinely spectacular stuff. It's so, a yeah. different kind of pop. This is the kind of pop on a macro level that WWE, with its reinvention of sports entertainment, has been chasing for like literally all century. They don't want to be wrestling. They want to be this mm. in a wrestling ring. And Sami Zayn's finally getting the reaction they've covered. We were, I was doing a list and um, the most pathetic insults in wrestling history. You can read it, in fact, on whatculture.com slash WWE right now. And um, I had to play for the boys, and I literally turned around to Michael Hamford in the office yesterday and said, Hamford, do you want to die? And he went, yes, of course. Yep. And we played oh. uh, a face-to-face verbal confrontation oh, between John Morrison and Dolph Ziggler. Oh. The idea being that some hack writer has basically said, right, how do I pop Vince? What Vince wants is for this thing that he promotes to not be pro wrestling. How do we convince him it isn't pro wrestling today so we don't get bollocked and can just go home at a decent time? What we will do is... <laughs> starving hungry. <laughs> we will write pretty terrible sitcom-adjacent material that kind of sounds like legitimate, terrible three-camera sitcom banter, and Vince will read it and go, yeah, that's real TV, that's not this fake wrestling stuff. And So that's why John Morrison said... Um, what's the matter, Ziggler? You're afraid? Zigmeister? El Ziggerino? Or do you prefer Mr. Ziggles? And they think that's witty sitcom banter, and that's how they try to get Vince's heart. They've actually got someone who's funny enough in his performance mm. to warrant being on a sitcom, and they are actually getting huge laughs. It was the, like, and they've, <laughs> they've worked it as well. Um, I mentioned it yesterday in the preview because there's just no other way, place to talk about it, but the way they framed how he popped into shot on SmackDown, they were like, right, we need to do that again and blow it blow it up, and mm. that's what they did here. That reaction, the first time around, was almost... It wasn't a freebie, because, of course, they had laid out how the segment was going to go on Friday night, but him physically putting himself in between Roman and Jay was the moment they were like, well, that's who he is now. Like, he's the interrupter, but... And, and Roman is so far... We're trampling all over your review. But no, no, so no. Much I, fun. But Roman nails, absolutely nails... face is great. A single lip quiver of... Followed by a wry smile, followed by what I must assume is just a shoot bap... Because we're all shoot bapping at the, by the time Sammy starts talking. He gets he gets them all in. He gets yeah. every emotion in. Paul Heyman fears it. Well, Sammy takes the mic. What and Paul Heyman. What are you doing? It's like a, like a tortoise putting his head back under his shell. And then, like, <laughs> as soon as Roman grins, all Heyman is doing is watching Roman. And then as soon as Roman's, like, giving the face of, this is fine, Heyman peeks back out again, and this is fine. And on it goes. Yeah. So, yeah, he... he, he loudest in the room is also the weakest in the room. You're like, no, 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 no. And then he goes, Jay, are you a fool? And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> Suddenly everyone's backing away from Jey Uso. If he's getting to their caved in, I'm not going to involve it. But Sammy doesn't. Sammy steps in and goes, ah, but, 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 but. And this is when, yeah, Heyman's like, what are you fucking doing? And he's like, um, you did say, Tribal Chief, that this is kind of my problem. So can I just deal with it? And Reigns' face, it's, I, re- I watch this again just for him to, because he's like you say, he's so, I'm going to kill every single person in this ring and no one can stop me. And then he suddenly goes, he really is the honor of you. It's like a happiness and just relief of like, oh, no one's going to die right now. And lets him go. Uh, and Zane basically tries to put his arm around Jay and be like, Jay, come on, buddy. Uh, he says, look, you, your behavior recently hasn't been very oozy. <laughs> Crowd chance oozy. Baby facing the word Usi. I know. And we all know what it relates to. Yeah, the yeah. lowest of the lows, and Usi is getting a pop because it's been reframed. That is a great take. It's so stark, the yeah. difference. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes, look, look, look around you. Like, you. You got Jimmy here. And I was like, yeah, Jimmy Usi's biggest huge fat. 
Handshake. Greatest ever, then. MT. Look at Solo. He's built like a brick house, huh? Solo's lips going, yeah. Solo's cheeks just like it's the hard. He's, he's working incredibly hard, and he's not. A, he's not having a match. He's just like, oh, no, no. <laughs> and uh, he's like, uh, look, you need you need to be cool like the rest of us. <laughs> what a line! What an unbelievable line! Look at the state of what Sami Zayn looks like. Jay, can you be cool? And Jay is like, are you kidding? Me? Are you ribbing me? Tribal chief, what is going on here? And he goes, hey, don't look at me. <laughs> Roman's like, he's your keeper now, basically. And then you get, out comes Matt Riddle. Uh, and does the, the the typical sort of work around. Like, hey, you're talking about the weekend? You should be talking about me because of the weekend. I wanted to fight bit just in case you didn't watch the premium live event. Anyway, he comes out and he goes, now, bro, I know this stipulation <laughs> that I could never fight for the title whilst you're champion. Come on, bro. And Roman does the whole, shall we let him have one more match on the title? Yeah! He's got the palm of his hand, this crowd. Nah! <laughs> <laughs> and he says, all right, uh, what about anyone else in the bloodline? And Jay's like, hyping up Sammy. Sammy, you're, you're, you're the big guy in this group now, aren't you? You're so special to Roman. You're number two. Why don't you do it? Go on, yeet. Go on. <laughs> Sammy Zane, I'm just going to read this verbatim. He says, uh, all right, yeet. Yeet. All right, my dog. <laughs> he says, let me deal with this. I'll die I like Roman would, but it's Sammy. Let me deal with this. Matt Riddle, do you think you're funny? And he goes, yeet. <laughs> Can't get some pop. And he goes, ah, da, 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 da. Don't say yeet. <laughs> we say yeet, okay? It's a bloodline thing. He can say ye. He can say ye. I like the pause on, on Paul Heyman here, by the way, because he points at like solo Jimmy J. He can say ye. He can say ye. You know, he can <laughs> say ye. Do you understand? You can't say ye. Ye. <laughs> they get in an argument. Basically, he says, all right, do you want to fight me tonight? Ye. Okay, ye. There's going to be a match. Where to even begin? So whenever there's a great wrestling match, we'll turn to Bret Hart as a comparison point. I can't lavish higher praise on this than by saying this was Chris Kresge, WWE in 2000, good. Think of a Edge and Christian, Kurt Angle, Mick Foley, Triple H interaction from that period where you've got the Love Triangle, you've got the Wacky Heels, you've got Foley the Commissioner, and you've got The Rock as the champion. Angry Steve Austin's not there to ruin everything with his, yeah. vibe, with his vibe. And everybody is just having the best time you want to be in the building. You're so, like, if you bought a ticket, you're so pleased you came. Like, you're so happy to be in the company of these characters. I wanted this segment to run and run and run and run. I wanted Riddle's match to be set up with... Uh, Sammy's in, and then I wanted another interruption. And it's like, who else can we interact with? Everybody in this ring's got a bit. Everybody is so, like, locked into their characters, characters which are really well drawn at this point. So everybody is reacting as if they would react. I know them, and they're behaving exactly as I expect them to behave. Riddle as a bit of a, like, a straw that's trying to stir the drink a little bit by saying the yeet and rile up Sammy. WWE acknowledging continuity by reminding you that you can't fight for the title again, and they're not just giving you it because there's Triple H trying to repair the damage that's been done for decades by, <laughs> well, just don't do it. All right, you can have a title shot. Oh, cool. Thanks for the investment like three months ago. <laughs> like that, I thought that was a useful line to throw in there as a little bit of a reminder of, again, everything's about building faith. So you can't just produce a good 
wrestling segment, which they did here, you've got to produce a good wrestling segment and then try and inspire a bit of faith in your audience that you can keep producing it and you can keep. So a little nod to that stipulation being adhered to is important because it's going to reward investment for things completely unrelated to it. You know, it's bigger picture stuff. The performance of everybody was sublime. Um, Sami Zayn. So Sami Zayn is rightfully getting loads and loads and loads of credit for this. But it's like sort of all good comedy or all good sort of acting performances. It needs other people to bounce off. And I think the Bloodline act is just absolutely masterful. It's weaker for one person being lifted out of it. As great as Sami is. I think, Sidgwick, you said this on another podcast we were doing. Is that like... They've got to be very, very careful how and even if they deploy Cody Rhodes into the Roman Reigns title picture. Yeah. Because unless Sammy's been written out of it, you've got a serious problem. Like, it was a testament of Riddle's popularity that people were willing to choose him in this little row. It didn't really later. Like, in the match, it didn't really come off because people were just too invested in what was going yeah. on with the Usos. But they've got, WWE have got, and Triple H has got to measure exactly which baby faces call out Sammy and challenge him because he's just that popular in the moment. I wanted... And I could have taken another 10 to 15 minutes of this. I was enjoying it so much. I was like, I don't know when Roman's next advertised SmackDown and next on television. but Presumably week, before Crown Jewel. I guess like yeah. for the Logan Paul build. Hopefully we'll get more of him because all of them as a unit. Again, Roman, Sammy is as great as he is because of everybody, but po- probably Roman especially because it's his reactions. As you say, you're hanging on it. Whereas Gaslit as Sammy's in, it's like the honorary East t-shirt segment. Oh no, please don't do this tonight, Roman. Not tonight, we're all having too much fun. Don't spoil the party. He's not spoiling the bar. He's making it bigger. He's brought some more booze. Like the, you, you think the worst person that spoils the vibe is actually the best one. So it's just it's it's got me on strings. This whole storyline. I want to see it. I want to see the conclusion, but I want to see it continue to play out. I love it. I love this. I can't add too much more to that. And I really am. I really am loath to praise Matt Riddle, but the guy's stupid face. <laughs> yeah. When you know he's going to say yeet, and he's pissing himself at the prospect of saying it. He's a great performer, and he added lots to this segment, and it's just a shame that, you know, he's Matt Riddle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it really is a shame. But away from Matt Riddle, um, Sami Zayn is just majestic. I can't add too much. Um, again, he has perfected what WWE has wanted out of itself for the last literal 22 years. Since they made the decision, we're not going to be a territory. We're not going to do wrestling. We're going to be sports entertainment and uh, whatever. They... They've been building to something like Sami Zayn. That's what they've wanted all this bloody time. He's absolutely incredible. The only thing I'll say, and I might tweet this later because I think we'll get lots of likes. Sami still getting <laughs> likes today. And I do genuinely mean it, right? Is if I'm Triple H or if I'm WWE, I'm trying to convince my TV partners and sponsors we're not going to do this all the time. Trust me, if we do it once, it'll work and you won't regret any potential minor blowback. I would. When they event inevitably, inevitably, sorry, do the big heat angle, fucking bust Sami Zayn's head open, mm. biggest gushy I've ever seen, like horrify people with what Roman's done after we've bonded with Sami that much. Mm. They've gotten a literal all timer heat angle on their hands with how much people are bonding with the Sami Zayn character. Do not mess it up. Uh, and that was followed by uh, oh yeah, there's some wrestling on this show. Johnny Gargano <laughs> versus Austin Theory. And, yeah, they kept, kept this tight. Under 10 minutes, um, Gargano got lots of Johnny wrestling chants in Brooklyn, New York. Quite a nice <laughs> place for him, that, isn't it? Um, he, uh, he goes for the old uh, slingshot DDT on the apron early on, but Austin Theory catches him and suplexes him when the apron takes to a break. When we come back, uh, Theory's in control. He tries to put, well, he does put Gargano in the Gargano escape, but Gargano escapes and put it on and puts it on him again. 
Theory gets out of it, hits a super kick, sees his opportunity, goes to roll in and do his big finish, gets caught with a super kick, uh, sent to the outside, a suicide dive from Gargano into DDT on the outside, and then they get back in. Gargano hits one final beat, one, two, three, sub nine minute win. Sub nine minutes is great, and to be encouraged. Um, this match felt a little bit like it was for the boys in the back rather than for the ones out front, by which I mean uh, Gargano... Wanted like I think Gargano was asked to show that he could win a pedestrian television match and keep it pedestrian, and Theory was like challenged to be as impressive in defeat as he possibly could be, and that ultimately um, lowered the ceiling on this. This was fine, but the bar for Johnny Gargano is way way higher than fine, and Theory's looked better in defeat than he did here. So it was a minor disappointment for me. I think their bosses will be thrilled, and uh, like. But that's not my job as a viewer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, like, I, I didn't get a lot out of this, but I have a sense that, like, internally, Triple H or whomever got everything they wanted out of it, you know? Shockingly mediocre and shockingly casually just there mm. existing. This will make me seem like a monstrous hypocrite, right? But as, as I've said one million times before, there's a good and a bad version of literally anything I can't believe I'm sitting here campaigning for an 18-minute TV match on Raw. <laughs> They've built this thing for absolutely yeah. ages, it feels like. For, so for it to go this long and this, dis, uh, this short and this decisive, I'm not saying, please, I'm not saying do every match at a ridiculous pay-per-view conflated length. But maybe this one, on another week, maybe just give Gargano one more week to say, right, okay, there's a lot of eyes, or more eyes than normal during Monday night football season watching this. I'll cut a promo to build interest in this match we're going to do next week, have a main event. A main event can go 18 minutes. I don't want every freaking match on the show. Yeah, that's the, yeah, but if light shade. Yeah, they've built this to actually justify it going long because, you know, it's. I just was quite shocked at this. Uh, the finish looked great. The timing on everything was class. Um, but yeah, ultimately it was just there. Gargano's had better matches in Brooklyn, I think. Uh, the odd one or two, yeah, yeah, yeah spring yeah. to mind. Theory's in bother. Theory's in trouble. Like he was, he was looked a bit like garbage here. Like, and I think it doesn't help that Roman's the champion. Um, I'm not advocating for him to cash in on a secondary title, not at all. Why but would you do that? Why would anybody like sort of even suggest it? But the prospect of him going and getting anywhere near Roman, like you wouldn't even put him near the angle that Roman's involved in, let alone. Doing a cash-in. Is there a way to do it where, and I, my mind obviously only goes to Brock Lesnar, probably because what he did on this show, where, I don't know what even match he'd be in, where Roman's laid out, Roman's legit, legit in trouble, like whether he gets beaten up by a group of people or whatever it may be, and suddenly you think, oh, bollocks, if Theory does hit his finisher here, he's got at least a chance that Sami Zayn stops the cash-in or saves him. Is, the, is that the only, like, it's difficult because it's risky. But I, like, could, I can't see, I can't manifest a situation where he wins it beyond a baby face winning both belts and then saying, I'm willing to put these up separately. And then theories like that night, well, I, I, I'll smash in the face and I'll take that one and doing it that way, like a Cody or something. Like they did with Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans that mm. year or Charlotte, whoever it was. I, other, other than that, the only, other than that, it's defeat. That's all I can see mm. with his cashing is a loss. But then they're, Book, they're booking him as if he would... Like, WWE history suggests that if you're going to win with your cash-in, you're going to lose 100 times on the way. So he's currently on that trajectory, but I just cannot see the win. No. His character is not a favourite of Triple H, as it would appear. And, you know, it's just a testament to how much Roman Reigns has been incredible. This year, He's for me, he's nailed it. I thought yeah. the monologues in 2020 were really dull. Um, I thought 2021, they kind of started to get it. Like, this act is just 
all-time WWE great at this point, and it's just levels and levels above Austin Theory. Uh, another brief match followed. It was Rey Mysterio versus Chad Gable. Put Otis on commentary for Chad Gable matches. <laughs> I kept catching him saying stuff about Master Gable. Yeah. And I just, it made me, his voices, he can put anything over in my in my book. Uh, a brief match, but it, let's be honest, it wasn't really about what happened in this match. Ray takes control uh, just before we head to break. And then, of course, out comes uh, Mammy and uh, Dominic Mysterio. I didn't do the thing. Well, it's coming later. Um, I did like Ripley wearing a an armband for Beth Phoenix yeah. as if she died. Basically. That's a little bit of thought, man. Um. Ray goes for a dive on the outside, gets caught by Otis, but Ray gets out of it, drives him into the ring post, catches Gable, 619, Springs World Splash, 1, 2, 3. Anything you want to say about the match? No, not at all. The angle, like, Chad just Gable. pretext, wasn't it? Yeah, they, Chad they, Gable and Ray Mysterio do three-star match. Which, to speak to Cedric's point a little bit more, I'm absolutely fine with. Yeah, I'm absolutely this fine with this one. It massively helps the pacing of yes. it. The action's got to be decent, which, of course, it was here. I don't want to see, like, just... Like a kicking and punch fest to set up. When a match exists for an angle, it should at least be entertaining. But any longer, and that's when it feels egregious. That's the difference. Um, because the real star uh, got in the ring afterwards. It's Dominic Mysterio, the greatest heel of all time. Uh, he gets in there. Come on, Dad. Hit me. Hit me. He starts, I'm not going to hit you. You're my son. He goes, well, I'll hit you then. Slaps the taste out of his dad's oh, mouth. Yeah. Um, and all the Judgment Day pile in at that point, and but Ray manages to fight them off. He goes for a six-one-nine. I think it was Damian Priest possibly set up. In the- <laughs> Dominic takes his dad's head off yeah. with a clothesline, uh, and then he's "Come on, Dad, hit me, Dad! I've got to prove myself to these guys. Come on, hit me!" Ray's like, "No, I can't do it." Goes to leave. Dominic shoves him over. Mammy holds Ray in the ropes, and Dom six-one-nines him in the face. And uh, Dom stands over him as they go to break. Isn't that emphatic? <laughs> this rules, man. I love this so much. And then uh, when we come back, we'll get to the other Judgment Day bit in a second. When we come back, Ray's just distraught on the apron and Dom's like, yeah, I'm so cool. The 619 is a very difficult move to use in a heel beatdown. It's flamboyant and spectacular. But having the arms held and Ray being a prisoner, and it's his move, so he's kind of like, and it's by his son. So he's in a prison of his own making here, isn't he? Like, it's my own kid, I taught him this. And now I'm getting held down to get hit with it. Somehow worked as a, as a heel move in a way that I would have never imagined it could. Dominic cannot, I said this to you over the desk this morning, he absolutely cannot get any better. Because if he does, this act is dead. The worst Dominic Mysterio is at projecting, the better this angle is, because he looks so entitled and so awful. And the absolute clip of a guy that is like, he's had a pretty good Shane McMahon-esque Silver Spoon existence to be like, uh, you didn't give me nothing, dead. And like Ray's body language was unbelievable, like putting his hands behind his back and putting his face forward to be like, no, you can hit me a million times and I'll never hit you back. Because the pep, when he strikes his own son, oh, it's I gonna keep be saying this, he's going to hit his kid and the crowd's going to go, in itch. Like, what they've created there is absolutely fantastic. I love the bones of this storyline because, yet again, and we'll get a bit more of it here. Like, and this is another thing, right? So the Judgment Day were fantastic in in creating the stage for the Dominic and Rey Mysterio play to continue. But good booking means that these characters have to, like, exist for more than just one thing's sake. And to follow that up with their promo and then giving Dominic his chance to get his heat and the, this thing is, as we predicted, is following it around now. So every town wants to boo Dominic as loud. It's becoming a competitive thing. For, them, for Judgment Day to stick around and then have another few to have in the meantime is exactly what a stable should be. There's four of them. You can be like you can be getting up to more than one thing at once mm. and rabble rousing across. That's what that's how stables get 
really over is that, oh, they're mixing in with a ton of different things. So to be able to fold this into what came next with the surprise return, everything we've seen AJ in the mm. last few weeks, I love this great, like, I'd, honestly, I've said this before, the Judgment Day is Triple H's most impressive yeah. achievement. Not like he's doing a lot of good, good things that are absolutely to my taste. He's doing things that Sidgwick is absolutely right to say, well, he's not like reinventing the wheel. He's just doing the basics right for a change. The Judgment Day is an achievement. Like, they were absolutely the most useless gang of goth tossers, and he's made them a force. Mm. Like, and they're proper heels. They do not want to be cheered. Nothing they're doing is like, there's no wink and a nudge to it. They're, they're bloodline of tweeners. I, I love this angle. I can't really add too much more to that. The Judgment Day aren't my personal thing. But what I will say, and a bit to remain objective, is that it says something about the enduring brilliance of Rey Mysterio that the amount of heat, 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 there's very little catharsis to this feud. Mm -hmm. It's constant heat, it's constant heat. It goes against what I loved about those early AEW, because I think the analogy here is Inner Circle versus the Elite, where they kind of traded... The advantage, it was electrifying to see the baby faces sort of find find a way back in um, and to confront them. Rey Mysterio is so fantastic that people are still with him and with him and with him, despite the fact that he's getting heat, 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 segment upon heat, heat, heat segment every single week. But it's just so great that people are still with him. It's logical too, isn't it? He, he cannot just swing for his kid after no, like two no, weeks. No, no, no. It's no. Like, they, like at least they're playing with the realistic boundaries of time. Ma- they're, just, they're building big matches out the goddamn ass. Is it a WrestleMania? As far Someone asked us on Twitter this Ray, That's the thing, like, even if it isn't WrestleMania, the gift that is WWE to WWE fans at the moment is that, remember when, like, you would think, all right, okay, well, these two haven't interacted. We might get that at WrestleMania, and the story will be crap, but at least we haven't seen it a million times, and they haven't gone 50-50-50. Triple H is currently booking actual dream matches that is base or desperate to watch, and he doesn't have to necessarily... Put them off till WrestleMania. Mm. Dominic Ray, that could be WrestleMania. Roman Sammy, you could do that at the Rumble. Like, that's just, he's sparking the imagination. Ah, I think that's got Rumble written all yeah. over it. Ray could eliminate Dom from the Rumble yep. without even laying a hand on him. Yeah. Rushes him, ducks. Low bridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, anyway, let's get to the Judgment Day segment. They are very happy about what happened, obviously, at Extreme Rules. Finn Balor is talking about pissing on our parade. Uh, and he says, oh, yeah. Well, I think I got to say, yeah, just say, I quit. What did I get him to say? Oh, he got to say, I quit. Oh, he got to say, everyone says, I quit, basically. <laughs> Uh, and uh, he's put Dominic to work to make a nice video package to show us. <laughs> they air that. Uh, Rhea Ripley is just so happy uh, with uh, with the concerto to Beth Phoenix, even after saying, I won't do it if you say I quit. Do it anyway. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Dom goes to speak, and I, I couldn't hear him. I couldn't hear him for the deafening booze, as you alluded to there. Do you think, after the first week, where even Rhea Ripley was like, uh, speak up and do it again, mate, do you think now they don't want him to project? You speak exactly as you want because all it does is emphasises the volume of the mm. booze that are coming, like, raining down on you. Uh, and D says, uh, oh, what, well, you didn't like the concerto? Not do it for you? Certainly did it for me. Did it for me too. Oh, my God. It's really funny when he finally put it out there, though. Like, making it a bit more overt. I thought that was quite a cute moment. Uh, so, Bala turns his they attention. Got more overt? Sorry, I was... When Dominic was like, uh, what, did it not do it for you? It did it for me. It's like, he's, he's talking about jacking it. He's watching the footage back and he's jacked. Time to jack my jack. <laughs> uh, and then he moves on to. I think Rhea looking at Rhea Mysterio's desk. Don't say doing your son. Don't say. <laughs> uh, Uncle Alan, did he call him? Uncle Alan. 
AJ Styles, uh, he starts talking about him. Styles comes out. Bit of Prince Devitt there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, put the bag over your head. <laughs> he says, that I can't believe our friendship, AJ does. I can't believe our friendship's coming down to this. And he says, no, no, I'm, I'm not here to, to argue. Uh, you're right. And uh, he goes down on his knee. He acknowledges uh, Finn Balor. Uh, he says, look, everything I needed was right in front of me. All I needed was friends and family. And Balor is so happy. He embraces AJ Styles. I thought they executed this absolutely perfectly, by the way. And they're hugging, but Styles with his arm has got the microphone still right in front of his face. And he says, oh, I wasn't talking about you. Balor's face is a meme now. And suddenly, Gallows and Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) They walk out. It's Snap Crackle, a huge baby. Especially in the Wilborn household. They come out. There's holy chants going. So the audio sounds really weird, of course. First person they punch, I think, was Dominic. (laughs) He's laid out. They brawl. They clear the ring. They almost get their hands on Finn Balor, but he managed to escape. Uh, But yeah, Gallows and Anderson back in WWE, Sitch. I'm a Luke Gallows guy. Stan account. (laughs) Then now forever. Genuinely for ironic and earnest reasons. I love that he's got himself another bag. Yeah. It's the best yeah. run, it's the best running gag in wrestling. Cause this is a guy, right, who in tags, specifically trios, great effective role to play. Mostly he's pretty half arsenic in the ring in there. Like I watched to my just delight every single week. AEW's summer of twenty twenty one. It was fantastic. So hot. Fans were back in the arenas. That was the only act I can recall. <laughs> Didn't really get a reaction <laughs> with the Good Brothers. I watched Matt Hardy and Christian Cage, right, work a the best version of a Gentleman's Three possible because it was just like, eh, can't complain about the work. They told a solid story, but it was really dramatic. And crowd the crowd were, the crowd were really that. hot for yeah. it. Like even Matt Hardy was getting Road Warrior pops <laughs> compared to Gallows and Anderson, who had a match with um, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson Cricket. No one give a toss. They just Gallows killed the elite hunter. Gallows I killed the elite. I forgot about that. Andy told me that on the news. Because they're in at the first hurdle. Gallows. Here we go. Frankie Kazarian's going to run through all of the elite. He may finally get to Kenny Omega as the world champion. Uh, I don't think he, he's not going to win the world title. He's going, oh, he's lost. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> that was incredible, wasn't it? So the fact that the AEW base of 2021 were like, oh, no, nah, no, thank you. <laughs> Those, crowd, those quiet WWE crowds after this week are going to give them knee chance. So yeah. let's just pump the brakes. All evidence points to this not going particularly well, except Gallows in the context of a trio's match rules. Mm. That electrifying period where Omega brought them in to the book's dismay a bit before he finally got them on board to turn heel when Kenny Omega made it a stated mission for one wonderful month in 2022, possibly February, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? They're going to work three consecutive weeks of trios matches with the big guy <laughs> and get him some four and a halfers from <laughs> Dave. And just Gallows in a trios context is fantastic. Genuinely, he's like the guy who comes in, wrecks everyone in a really entertaining way. Who can forget this? <laughs> <laughs> he's licking a, his bicep. Like licking up. There's a segment. Uh, there's two things I want to put over Gallows for. Yeah. There's two segments, right, where um, 
I just love him so much. It's when Moxley and King's not terrorizing the elite after the events of Revolution mm. on the build to double or nothing. And they're all like sat in a limo trying to big league everyone, but they're actually just scared at the same time. And um, it's just the camera pans and it's Brown and Cutler. And you just, uh, Kenny Omega's about to talk and just Gallows is sat there, sternest <laughs> expression on his face, just licking his own pie. <laughs> and that's when they hear a, a noise and. Nick Jackson goes, ah! <laughs> it's incredible. Another bit of Gallows Law is they do an eight-man where it's the books. Honestly, I've got like this robotic memory with Gallows, Gallows Patter because honestly, he's just so, he's just, the, I loved him in AEW. I just can't tell you why. In fact, I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. So they do this eight-man and it's, I think it's the Dark Order against the books and Gallows and Anderson where they're like, come on, well, we can be friends again. Just be bad guys again. And it's uh, Gallo starts the match with John Silver. In a match, by the way, that was taped mercifully for AEW, but it was heavily abbreviated in the editing suite because Gallo's <laughs> and Anderson were just literally going, suck my cack, suck my cack, <laughs> it's time to suck my cack. And apparently Dave Meltzer reported that it was like jerk-off stuff and <laughs> sucking cock stuff. And they're just basically like just doing lots of things that even Warner Media yeah. in 2021 were like, no, no, you can't be doing that. But um, it starts off, Gallows and John Silver's in the ring. Size disparity. And Gallows just goes down to his knees. He does the put the jukes up thing <laughs> where he's like, this are going up like that. And then he has what I can only describe as a fit of telling John Silver to suck his gag. And that's when John Silver's like starts to pound on him and kick him in the chest and just Gallows' his banter. I love Luke Gallows. If we can even get a seventh of that Luke Gallows energy in the Fed, I'll switch sides. Do you understand? <laughs> I love him. And let's not forget about Bright Lights Carl Anderson. Bright on. Are, they ever, are they ever brighter? <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> well, it's like the brightest lights were in Brooklyn. Like, I hope you enjoyed the good ones on Raw because you've just seen the best of them. <laughs> yes. and, I, and I love that. I'm saying that with like nothing but praise. I'm a Nash guy, I'm a Jarrett guy. It's a stupid industry. Get paid, right? Uh, Triple H owed them a big one. So, like, I hope they've got one for that thing a few oh, years absolutely. back. Like, so, like, I absolutely love this. Um, there's a bit of what culture law. Um, I believe it was right around the birth of your second child, so you couldn't join us at that house show where it was where Brian and Miz were in Newcastle. So we went along to the house show, and it's still one of mine and Murray's fond memories of attending wrestling together when the Good Brothers were used as, like, the Steve Austin save pop at the end. So they had come running down, like, the bushwhacker to save AJ, who's a baby face against the heel Nakamura, and the crap, hey, man, music, and they're just camping it up. They're just, they're, like, they're glad to be back, sort of, like, doing this. Should I get him routine? That Gallows didn't take a single bump in the no, whole... He didn't. turned it into an impromptu six-man. He didn't take one bump in the whole match. I think he dropped an elbow where he went to his own knee first and then hit the elbow. <laughs> like, did, did like a spin. I love them, man. This was perfect. Uh, it's Look, it's all like Gallows and Anderson, Patter aside. It's good enough for government work, this, because you've got the numbers sorted now. You've got yeah. AJ and Judgment Day. You can have have some matches. You can have the fun trios, which should be a good laugh because the work ain't going to be great. Um, but AJ doesn't look like a clown or a fool or an idiot. Babyfaces have friends. So this was good on its own terms. Gallows and Anderson are it's funny. I, I don't think for a second. I've already seen today people online being like, uh, this time around, Carl uh, Anderson's going to show you what he's made of. No. I don't think he is. I think he's good. I think he's absolutely fine. What did he say? He said there was a tweet that somebody pulled back up from 2020. I will never, ever go back there. Unless like that time I went to Saudi Arabia because I wanted a second pool. <laughs> and he's gone back there. 
They're, they're class, man. They're great. Fun. I'm sorry, I just got one more bit of my love of Luke Gallows. Um, it's when they started resurfacing in AEW and they start doing BTE stuff. So obviously, they're really good mates of the Young Bucks and they're doing this thing where they're like, they're really like, the Young Bucks are like, oh, these guys are back. I thought we'd kind of seen the last of them and now Kenny, what, I don't know what Kenny's doing bringing them back, but they're so foul <laughs> and just abrasive and we're not that kind of people anymore. We used to be the Bullet Club and we're trying to be better and stuff like that. So like the, 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 the bit is the Young Bucks are really trying to, they have to roll their eyes at what the carnies that their mates have become are now in AEW. And in order for this bit to work, like Gallows and Anderson just have to be disgusting. <laughs> and at a point, like they're trying to be buddy buddy with the young books, though. And then, like, the books are like, I don't know. Sorry, you have to be really disgusting. It's like, yeah. And so Luke Gallows goes, Yeah, it's the young books, hung books, hung books, hung books, <laughs> biggest cocks in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. Inoki dies. The video gets shared just so everybody can laugh. Like, Luke Gallows had a match so bad, Inoki was fuming. Seven days later, he gets the biggest payday of his career. <laughs> Guy's an absolute legend. He's figured and, it out. And genuinely nice guys. Good people. Like well, we, we met him at Wale Mania. Yeah. First people we spoke to. First people we got to Gave you the skizoop, didn't he? About their yeah, contract coming up. Because normally, uh, you go like, right, Didn't well, think it would be the Fed if I beat Bert. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up where we got some deals coming. What <laughs> was it then? Contract season. Contract season coming <laughs> up. still an impact. Uh, contract season coming up and Carl Anderson starts pissing himself. The greatest will in the world, I think people watched that interview and thought, yeah, you're probably resigning with Impact. Yeah. Because <laughs> the AEW run didn't go well, and, you know, he's in the back of the face. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Moving on, uh, we had a sit-down interview next with uh, Damage Katarl, and Bailey's really pissed off because she didn't win the title, of course, at Extreme oh Rules. Oh, boy. Uh, and he asked Bailey a question, but Dakota Kai takes this one instead, and she says, look, I was at rock bottom, and then Bailey found me, lifted me up, and EO says something in, in Kai's ear, and she says, yeah, we we, we, we do anything for Bailey. Uh, she's going to get the gold she deserves. 
He's going to kick Candice LeRae's ass later on tonight. This was rubbish. Um, <laughs> so it was. Bad. It was. This is, this is just not working. But I got the vibes here that, and I got it at the end of the Extreme Rules match as well, that probably they'll lose war games and they're going to turn on Bailey. And this is going to be the start of Bailey's baby first turn. I think. I think Triple H is still. In Kai his, protested too much a bit. Yeah, Triple H is still in the honeymoon of his own booking like career. That he's going to spot his own flaws quite well, which is something else that bookers, when they're having a good run, can do. And I think he's going to spot this for the flawed thing it is. And by WrestleMania season, I think they'll have baby face Bailey. I just sense that's coming. But there's one. But who could? If you had only had a good friend, who could come back and make the save? Well, this is it. I can't think of any. I, you know, there's nobody around. There's no free agents. He's, he's swallowed them all back up, and there's no free agents left. I think that's. I think that's. What's next once they've like lost war games? There's one big defeat still to come, but I sense that's she's spiraling, going. isn't she? Yeah. We'll get to the match in a second. The dialogue and delivery here was <laughs> absolutely atrocious, like searingly fake WWE nonsense. Oh my god, it was terrible, and I think people have conflated a really well booked heel turn with a really good heel, good a uh, really good heel performer turned to go to Kai Babyface. Mm-hmm. I'm at the stage, and I don't want to do this because she seems like a really spot on person and. I've really enjoyed a babyface work. Cringeworthy as a heel for me to quote a guy. And also, it doesn't help. It's the age-old, hey, Meg, you get less ugly if you follow this with Reigns, Heyman, and Solo Sokoa, yeah. and Jey Uso being like, oh, where, where are we going? He's like, no, I'm not, you're not going anywhere. I'm going out with me, Paul Heyman, and Solo Sokoa. We're going to paint the town red. We're going to Manhattan. Uh, and uh, Jay wants to have a chat with him. And Reigns is like, no, we're going to party him. <laughs> you make sure Sami Zayn wins tonight. And uh, he goes, all right, Solo, come with me. No, he's not coming with you either. He's going to party him. Jay's just pissed off. That didn't help matters either, did it? No, this is just so good. I, how dare Triple H book something so fun, <laughs> fun, interesting, and unpredictable. And at the same time with a lurking sense of menace, mm. the likes of which he would usually articulate with a growl. Maybe next week Roman could hit him with a sledgehammer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pump the brakes, asshole. Um, <laughs> I think it's all, it must be all him in this. <laughs> uh, and then we got Candice Ray versus Bailey. Brief match, this. Um, Candice obviously went after Bailey's ribs, even though she's a baby face, because Bailey's in a fucking ladder match. Uh, and uh, she missile drop kicks Bailey to the floor to take us to a break. We come back. Bailey's fighting back. She's in control now, of course, as the heel. Uh, she hits the. DD knee, is it called, I think, mm. technically, uh, to put Candice down. Goes, sets up for the rose plant, and that suddenly gets countered into a surprise roll-up for the one, two, three for Candice. Uh, and then post-match, Dakota Kai and Eo Sky run out to attack her. Bianca Belair tries to make the save, but again, the numbers game catches up with her. Damage Qatar, lay them both out and stand tall. Yeah, again, I think it's this. I think that at this point they're trying to falsify that everything is still fine with Damage Qatar when it ultimately won't be. I wish they'd have committed a bit more to Candice LeRae's win. Because they'll have seen this as, right, cool, like we've addressed the defeat the other week and now we're on our way to war games and Candice LeRae is going to be a big deal in that, you would assume, on the babyface team. I just let her beat Bailey with a finisher. It didn't have to be like a surprise roll-up. You could tell an identical story and have Bailey just lose to a hard-hitting move rather than a banana skin. We know she's come back. KOD'd on a ladder. Yeah, right. So they're playing with rust. They're playing with, like, has she still got it? Uh, She's just had a big ladder match. You could have beat her with a finisher, I think. Surprise roll up. Still, there's still problems. Yeah. If it wasn't for the fact that I'm firmly aware of how talented Candice LeRae is, I'd think she would be in trouble mm. with the way she's being presented because, oh boy. It's yeah, just not really. Not the most committed, is it? It's, 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 she lost last week. Yeah. A bit lucky here. 
She feels way more like a device for other things to happen than someone who's been brought in with this glittering reputation. Um, yeah, if I'm a WWE fan watching this with no prior real knowledge of who Candice LeRae is, I'm probably thinking she's not very good, and that's a disaster. That's hyperbolic, but yeah, no, I get uh, it. much more of this, and it yeah. could be a disaster, or at least a very much a waste. This was certainly the low point of Monday Night Raw, in my opinion, this week, because it was followed by Mariz, Mariz's, Miz and Maurice and the whole birthday party. Skip. skip. Can we skip the whole thing? Yes, Skip. I don't want to talk about Dexter Loomis once on this podcast. Good point. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, load of wild stuff. But it was. I'm, I'm officially off the Dexter Loomis hype train now. Thank God. This podcast doesn't need any of them. Well, enough of all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it. And this week's five star review review is brought to you by Glenn Harrington. Bit of an update this. So we had Glenn uh, sponsoring the five star review review uh, a few months back, and uh, he's provided a bit of an update. He writes, Hi again, Adam and the team. Oh, by the way, if you want your name associated and want to suggest something five star, uh, review, review for us to review, uh, then you can do so by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, leaving us a five-star review on there, or just leaving us a five-star review on Spotify. Screenshot it, obviously. Yeah, yeah I need the proof. <laughs> and, uh, and then email me your review suggesting something. Adam.Wilborn at WhatCulture.com, which is exactly what Glenn's done. He writes, Hi again, Adam and the team. Just wanted to drop you a quick update. Uh, firstly, say a big thank you for reading out my review a few weeks back and for allowing me to cheekily plug my marathon fundraising. I completed the London Marathon on the 2nd of October in four hours and 32 minutes and raised over wow. £2,200 for my charity, the Youth Sport Trust. Massive congratulations. Congratulations, man. Glenn. That's brilliant. Uh, the time was a bit slower than I would have liked, but at least he gave me more podcast listening time, and that's the oh, most legend. important thing. I think he slowed down on purpose. Yeah, just to finish it one review. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I genuinely cannot imagine listening to any podcast, but, uh, like, just like, oh, man, I've really... I've, I'm really struggling here. I've really, uh, really hit the wall, as the runners call it. <gasps> Don't sing, mate, <laughs> I got, like... Fair play to anyone who does that. Well, thinking that's somebody had it out of drink. What did she say? <laughs> um, the content recently has been exceptional, and you continue to raise the bar every week with your insights, humor, and all-round engaging pods. Uh, for the love of God, please never stop, as I've got a second child on the way, and I'm not sure how I'd get through the days without you guys to listen to. Good you. luck, buddy. Yeah, I'm not sure how I'll get through the days without talking to these guys. Uh, two kids is very hard. Yep. Immensely rewarding. It's wonderful when it's good, but it's hard. Good luck. It's very, very hard. Immensely rewarding. Yeah. He also writes, P.S., I'm not sure how many games you get to, but if you're able to make either Woking versus Chesterfield fixtures this season, let me know, as it would be great to meet you and the drinks are on me. I love that. That does sound class. Where's Woking? Where is Woking in the world? Feels London-y, that. That's a total guess, though. Woking. Where is it? Woking, yes, Surrey. Northwest Surrey. So it might be the Chesterfield leg of this. I was not a Chesterfield, right? Yeah, yeah we're going to Woking Chesterfield. Thanks for that, Glenn. Uh, all the best, Glenn. Uh, now, previously, uh, he suggested something TNA for the one the other week, so I thought we'd continue that. Uh, so I handed over to our resident TNA expert, uh, Michael Michael Hamlet, to select something. Well, what did you uh, well, What did you go for? I got to be honest. This is a bit of a tapping because it didn't matter what I picked. I was just relieved that we could just miss the awful Dexalima stuff. So I've uh, gone with Samuel Shaw. <laughs> oh, Hamlet, you <laughs> cock. <laughs> he, um, Glenn, 
I seem to recall in his last review was asking for something from like my personal and seemingly everybody else's wilderness years of impact wrestling. Like now, like now where they're getting this critical acclaim from like people that swear blind it's the hottest product. There's about eighty of them. Yeah. <laughs> but there was definitely a period where everybody was just like, Oh, when's impact finally finished then? Like when are they wrapping it up? And they just didn't, it kept going and kept going. And this is from that wilderness period. Um Samuel Shaw was Dexter Loomis, but younger. Dexter Loomis was basically a Pretty much an inbuilt gimmick, and in this case, um, but he was a heel, so at least Impact were getting that bit right compared to Triple H. Uh, and he was stalking Christy Hemi. They'd gone out on a date, and it all seemed well, but then he got obsessed with her. And Impact, to for wrestling, it's remarkable credit, positioned him as the bad guy for her not being interested. WWE back then would never, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, she, she's like, I'm not really interested. Nice date, nice meal, but no thanks. And then on Impact. It was revealed that he, in a locker room somewhere, had like a murderous shrine to her. So pictures on the wall, like letters written out in magazine, Christy, I love you, blah, blah, blah. Again, impact to their credit. Had Christy watched the footage, she was like, keep away from me, mate. Like, I'm calling the police. Like, this was like, it happened, well, you broadcast that. That's your first mistake, Samuel. She's going to see it. And she did. And it was like, keep away from me, blah, blah, blah. So he then, uh, it's a campaign of terror. Your standard common garden campaign of terror. You know, this is the company where James Storm pushed Mickey James in front of a train. So this oh, is when man. the men get quite terrifying. And Mr. Anderson is like positioned as the baby face savior of Christy Emmy. He's going to protect her against this. So that's why Christy Emmy is brought in. It's because of the Anderson uh, Samuel Shaw feud. Samuel Shaw wants to, uh, Anderson wants to give Samuel Shaw a taste of his own medicine. So it's like, oh, you're like spooking people to you. Well, I'm going to spook you. I'm going to turn up at your house. And because it's impact, and imagine it like an Aces and Aces explainer, you get this split into several bits. So we're just going to review one bit of it. Mm-hmm. But I did double check the episode and just see what else had featured. And there was a detail I think was missing from this video that I was excited to share with you. So we turned to put the house, mm-hmm. and uh, Mom is not as young, it's not as old as maybe you'd imagine Samuel Shaw's Fucking hard, bro. Mom to be. Well, Mr. Anderson thinks the same thing. Right? Yeah. Mr. Anderson thinks the same thing, and he says, uh, like, hey, little lady, is your mom home? All that sort of stuff. The mom has got flame red hair and is called Christy. Oh, my God. So why is there... Uh, Jesus! Why is Samuel Shaw taking an interest in the flame red Christy? I wonder. They're, they're trying to say he wants to uh, shag his own mom. <laughs> that's that's the new subtext attached to the... To Sorry, Sam- what are you looking for? <laughs> Which point? Yeah. Concern, uh, 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 so going. you're saying that in Impact Law... Yeah. Samuel Shaw said it was Matt. Dennis Which leads us to, anyway, she's lovely and welcoming. She says uh, she thinks Sammy's out, but he can go away in his room if he wants uh, because he's still got a bedroom at home. He, he lives with his mom. That's a bit of a gag. And that takes us to this particular segment of Mr. Anderson. So, yes, uh, Mr. Anderson, the, the clip opens. It's a minute long. Go and watch it. So to watch you can it catch them all on YouTube. They're nicely sort of partitioned for you. And... This is the most incredible mugging for the camera. Like, he doesn't say anything. He just goes, basically like, <laughs> like this, because he's in Sam Shaw's childhood bedroom with the words Samuel's room written in letters on the wall. Sam Shaw's, what, 30? Yeah, the gag is a 30-year-old man still has a child's bedroom, and he wants to shag his mom. There's a lot of uh, mixed messages and going he's on. like, the cameraman, who they're acknowledging as being there for once in TNA, are you seeing this? <laughs> What's going on? And uh, the camera sort of pans around. We see Samuel's room, as I say, written on the wall. Pans around, pans past the bunk bed. There's a there's a teddy bear hanging from it. Um, and suddenly the door opens, and there is Samuel Shaw. He looks weird with that moustache, doesn't he? It's weird when he talks. And he says... Uh, He's a weird guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember. Has he ever spoken? No, you said uh, I do. I do at the yeah. wedding, didn't I? Yeah. He says, uh, 
what are you doing in my bedroom? And I was like, oh, here he goes. He's going to be intense. And he goes, I said, what are you doing in my bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> and they get into the, like, normally, you know, normally when they, especially when they don't do it in the ring and you see someone fight in yeah. wrestling and you're like, oh, God, they're just punching each other in the back. But it does look like the most, and I don't know why I've thought this, but like brothers fighting. Just I'm just going to hit you anywhere yeah. I can. And the cameraman just goes, no. Nah. <laughs> just hightails it. You see him running up the stairs. Uh, and he's like, oh. walks through the door. And there is, uh, there is Sam's mom. Oh, my God. She says, what on earth are you boys doing down there making all that ruckus? Would you like some pie? She's got a pie. Freshly out of the oven, presumably. Yeah, Cameraman goes, no, I don't want your pie. <laughs> and uh, you can hear this, by the way, it, which is the most, I'm going to do it. And this is me obviously faking the noise, just like TNA did, because it's the most fake dubbed in afterwards. <laughs> Coming up the stairs. And the, the door opens. There's Samuel Shaw, and his hair's all over the place. He looks like Karrion Cross at Extreme Rules, basically. Gassed. He's got, <laughs> he's got the, the most fakest of fake bloods just dripping from the side it's of his mouth. Not exactly Rob Terry, Terry and his garlic sauce, is it? It's <laughs> and he hugs his mammy. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. and mammy. He just, she's just like, oh, what's happened sort of thing. Cameraman just goes, no, nah, <laughs> this is weird. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Leaves Anderson, who's presumably dead, downstairs. And the mommy goes, thank you for coming, dear, and waves at him. It is creepy as this. It's incredibly creepy, but... It's time to play the game! Guess the perverted comment section. Because I think I've guessed one of these comments. Go on, then. I would actually take a pie. <laughs> I haven't quite got the uh, the set, the you know like the catchphrase ding 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 sound effects. So I'll just give you a yay! Yeah, oh, I knew it. it. The MW Network writes, "I wouldn't mind eating Christie's pie." Yes, I knew it. <laughs> you haven't quite got the most extreme, but we'll get oh, to that. Jesus, I, lo I love that. By the way, so the idea that like they've actually framed Christy Hemi as the victim in this entire situation. It's like yeah, we've. It's about time we did right by women. Should we make the mom this like sex crazed maniac that is having an incestual relationship with the son? Yeah. About <laughs> time we normalised it for the wrestling fans. It's been it's spooked them. Yeah. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, they're watching this and they've all got a. So shout out to Drew who said he's been missing that. He said we haven't had that for a while. So. He's been missing what? Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, sound effect or? <laughs> that, I mean, that, we can do a lot, but we can't do that. Uh, so we go to the comments section. Anything you want to say about this? Uh, where, where did they go from here, by the way? They, they had, had a straight jacket match. They had a straight jacket match. They fought a lockdown, I think, in one of the cage matches. There was a. Oh, was, yeah, he threatened to. I read up on this subsequent. Did he threaten to kill himself? Yeah. Um, and Anderson said, jump if you want. You're only going to break your ankles, you idiot. Anderson, Brilliant. Anderson's had him sectioned. And then, <laughs> like, uh, Shaw came back as a supposedly as a reformed man. He had a valet with him. I forget who portrayed his valet. 
And Gunner was the one that like said, "Oh yeah, I've, I've fixed him, I've sorted him out." But he had like a female valet with him as well. I just go to him. Oh, yeah. I mean, Gunner. <laughs> Gunner. <laughs> he had this female valet, and it was like, "Oh yeah, can we trust it around her? It's fine." And uh, then it all turned to be a sham, and they'd actually taken over and beaten up everybody in the psychiatric ward, and he was he was even worse than ever. And then in that like awful impact wrestling fashion, it was like uh, if you go and like read the how the story ended on Wikipedia or something like that, it's like uh, yeah, they uh, they parted ways when so and so's contract just wasn't renewed. There's never any kind of storyline thing. It's like Aww. yeah, we've only got enough money for one year, so you're. Like oh, that happens so often. Impact. impact. Yeah, oh, impact. Come on, impact. Come on, impact. So we go to the, we go to the comment section. They're not that bad. One is, but the rest of them aren't. You've got one of the other bad ones. Uh, once again, though, just to be legally secure, these do not reflect the views myself, the Dadly Boys, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. J A eight nine one thousand. Right, so I'm laughing my ass off. This is classic TNA. I don't know if that's a, a compliment or a, a. They're not wrong. Yeah, they're not wrong. Yeah, no lies detected. Uh, TNA, the longer AEW exists, the more you realise that they absolutely screwed something up with TNA, but it does feel purpose-serving in a different way. They failed to be an alternative, but they're still an alternative. Yeah. WWE wouldn't do what TNA sometimes would, so good but for Vince them. Vince tried to do an he's, he's got there, yeah. <laughs> TNA, Vince McMahon walked so TNA could run. <laughs> so TNA could, the mum. This, yeah. this popped me as well, considering the uh, the podcast lore of this, if you particularly were a fan of the NXT podcasts. Uh, Chuck Pritchard writes, this legitimately gave me the creeps. <laughs> Good man, Samuel gives me the creeps. Watching TNA gives me the Sunday scaries. <laughs> <laughs> More on that on the Dynamite preview, by the way. Big major update on the Sunday scaries. Yeah. Um, Crunchy Karate writes, I thought you guys sacked Russo. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense that you see this and go, right, something's going on. Yeah, I reckon. Basically, Beaver Cleavage with a Norman Bates. Good element. as well. Such a deserving legacy. Like, Russo would be named in the Impact Zone whenever there was a really terrible angle. People would go, fire Russo. And, like, not to his credit as such, but just to sort of defend him. Half the time he had nothing to do with it. It was like a Dutch mental angle or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fire <laughs> Russo. I don't even work here, bro, this week. <laughs> uh,. XWS official writes, well, I've read this in a Yoda voice. Mm, bad actor that woman was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Kintake Carson doesn't agree. Oh, not bad, his mum. Just, just, yeah, just. Then we got the, uh, oh, my, I'm eating Christmas pie from the MW Network. Yep, as I knew. As, uh, I just, as soon as I watched this in prep, uh, but not quite as good as the final comment here from Nicholas. This is the last one in altogether? Yeah. And also, again, more podcast lore here. Uh, so, you know, one person says, oh, I'm eating Christie's pie. <laughs> this one says, remember, uh, what was it, a few weeks back? Oh, summer 8, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, I wish I could be a pie so I could end up in her mouth. <laughs> 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 I love that. I want to. That's not how it works. That's not the thing you made. That's not the thing that's been. Let me live. Let me live as sentient food for five seconds so then I can be dead. Just a <laughs> genie. You get a magic like, I want to be a pie. It's a stationary bit of food. Eat me then. And then it just goes off. Oh. Oh, the girl that can it make stop. The pie. It's meant to be a. No, no, it's about a pussy. <laughs> I want to be the pie. And the pervert, like, so she didn't eat the pie. She was making it yes. for Samuel Shaw and Mr. Anderson. Like, oh, no, Mr. Anderson, <laughs> this has not gone well at all. <laughs> Just, 
anything in the world. I want to be a steak and kidney pie, please. <laughs> so I could possibly be eaten by Samuel Shaw's mum. Oh, Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> one, one or two. Could go your way, could go mine. So, yeah, thanks, Glenn, for that. <laughs> <laughs> if I, you want to I suggest... like them, they're my favourites. Make me that anonymous object. So, hang on. In the list of things I want to be, it's pie and dead fish so far. I think we had a microphone once as well. Oh, yeah. Because, like, there was a... <laughs> the de- microphone. De- was holding the microphone. It's like, I imagine being that close to my mouth <laughs> as, an, as an inanimate object. Uh, but once again, if you want to suggest something <laughs> short, crap, and... <laughs> oh, it's because I imagine, like, the little cartoon face on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, she picks up a different microphone. Uh, sad, <laughs> sad face lying on the ground. Just getting put in, like, a box. <laughs> yeah. To go to, like, the next house show, like... <laughs> Just like Tulsa or something like that. I've screwed this up. <laughs> I'm, just a, I'm just a microphone now. <laughs> Tony Chibble on us. Uh, maybe uh, the uh, woman's <laughs> gravy uh, bowl uh, invitation. It's, it's women's. women's. Well, I love them, God. So thanks once again to... Uh, Always to, goes wrong to, in those scenarios, isn't it? Like the wacky one. Anyway, it's time for the man's farting contest. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> thanks once again to Glenn Harrington for that. And congratulations, uh, not only on completing the London Marathon, but raising a whole load of money for the brilliant Youth Sports Trust. So thanks for that, Glenn. Uh, once again, if you want to suggest something short, crap, wrestling-related, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes. Uh, leave us a five-star review. And we'll skip whatever Dexter Loomis segment there is probably <laughs> uh, next week. Uh, right, we return to Monday Night Raw. Uh, there's an Omo squash, which... We'll definitely skip next week. He's in the ring. Yeah, it's a match, in it, next week? I'm on holiday, so that's your problem. No. Oh, God. Right, yeah, we'll have to ask Skip one. Oh, we don't have to skip because he does... Uh, I can't, we can't do a five-star review. No, review. we can't. It's just not the same. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just not talk about it. Yeah. Just decide the things we want to analyse. Just five minutes of silence and then... <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, there was an almost squash with a, a nice touch of uh, Michael's Road Dog and X Park going, Yeah, go on, guys, you've got him, right? He's, he's only seven foot tall and wrecks all of the guys he comes into contact with. Um, and then, yeah, Miz and Marie show up and they set up. Road Dog now has apparently booking abilities because he yeah, says, Yeah, the show sucks, that's why. Why don't you face him next week? And if you, he loses, he's got to go. But if, if Miz, you lose, he gets you what? Terrible list, right? Because. Obviously, like the road dog, but illogical nonsense. However, if the Miz wins, status quo, Dexter Lemus remains not a wrestler, but able to terrorize him. Yes. What are they going to do? Like, you know, they're not going to like send him to a, like Rikers Island or something because he just exists. So, what's the Miz got to gain from this? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's rubbish, nonsensical. It's just stupid. For a bad match, too. Yeah, it's going to be so rubbish. I kind of can't wait. Just on almost briefly. I watched in the build to this because I was like, I have no idea what the Samuel Shaw character is. And I watched the first match where he's like, yeah, I love you, Chris. I've never seen a crowd as dead as that. And that's an impact crowd as well. It was getting said at the time. It's like, this is weird and rubbish. Um, he's, just, he's the old methodical. And I was like, nah, boring. Yeah, boring yeah. crap. Do, what do, year do. was it? Uh, 2014. So what's going on in New Japan at that time? Oh, in cool. 2014, Okada has a... Jesus <laughs> Christ. Okada has ascended. He hasn't quite become the, the ace of the Tokyo Dome yet, but he's pretty much there. Um, Tanahashi's still operating in peak, peak form. Nakamura is in his, is in his absolute prime. 
It's starting to really cook. Naito's not quite there yet. Bloody hell. The WrestleMania you described at the start of this podcast is happening. <laughs> yeah, Shibata is like on the up and up. He, deb- he re-debuted the year prior or two years prior. He's starting to really cook. Like, Goto's still... Oh, yeah, it's great times. This is going to sound like nonsense praise after Sidgwick's just named that like litany of New Japan Hall of Famers. Bullet here. Club, goddamn. Yeah, Bullet Club were oh, yeah. hot balls, weren't they? Um, did you notice in this Omos squash how keen they were to have him run as fast as he possibly could just to look like at least he could compete with Braun in some respect. Oh, they're yeah. doing that. They're doing this big Giants match, presumably <coughs> a crown jewel. And like, Omar, like was asked, can you can you move fast? Not really. Can you try? So Omos hitting the ropes was sort of morbidly entertaining, but they've not got another Braun here. They're trying to do this as a mirror match and it, it isn't that. No. It just, it seems ridiculous to be doing that when they may be getting Brock and Bobby Lashley to fight each other. Yeah, just like... But then again, it's Crown Jewel. It, the Saudi Arabia show is like, there's no rules, is there? Like, all bets are off with these cards. Like, as much as you can possibly throw on it, and then half of it won't even matter the following week on Raw. Yeah. But aye. He squashed two jobbers, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they re aired the entire Bray Wyatt return. I saved loads Skip. of time. Skip. <laughs> um, and then we got Bobby Lashley himself coming out uh, for his title match. And uh, yeah, he runs through the amazing guys he's beaten Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. And uh, it wasn't quite Mustafa Ali taking uh, Seth Rollins' place, but uh, he says, right, come on. Out you come, Seth. I'm Can gonna- I be the boring bastard? And you know what? They might have half explained a little bit of this in the opening segment when, when Riddle thought, well, I've won the match, so I'll go for the world title. Even though I'm an idiot and I'm not allowed. At least they kind of half attempted to write around the stupidity of the guy who just lost in the main event challenging for a title. I'm not going to be that generous, though. It's still stupid. Oh, well, I, he already had the match, didn't he? I guess. Like he had it last week, yeah, so it was already. win, lose, I know that, match, but it's but still bad. It's less than ideal because... It's, we, it's way less than ideal. We knew that Rollins was going to lose, so he was going to be coming to this match as a loser. But, again, this is this goes back to the Triple H has to do something bad to get to the something good. Like, not to jump ahead, obviously, but what occurs in the match itself, that was built to two separate times about Seth can't hit the stomp when Bobby's fully fit. He can hit it after a match. He can definitely hit it after he's had his arm broken because he can't support himself anymore. Again, like I, I do have an admiration for the details of, oh, no, what yeah. got, of what got us to where we got to by the end of this. Like I mean, I, no, I thought that this was going to be the night. You know, Triple H lose. needs an editor. He does that need an editor. Says that about TK. <laughs> it's probably true as well, but TK, uh, Triple H really needs. I've got this really good idea, so I'm going to arrive at it. No. Fix that bit. Fix that bit. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, instead, Brock Lesnar returns to obviously a huge pep, comes out looking only the only the way only Brock Lesnar could look. There was an 8D Triple H neg in this, by the way, because I've always had my suspicions that Triple H understands Brock Lesnar's value, but is a bit like, eh, all right. I did three pips with me, and uh, I, didn't, I didn't really see it. Yeah. I didn't really see it, Brock. And when do, they, when do they ever not advertise Brock and this Triple H being like, I don't think you're a draw anymore, mate. So I'd rather have you as a surprise rather than the big announcement, do a promo, then off. Like, I, that's just Triple H putting him in his place a bit now that he's in charge. Like, he was a Vince guy, wasn't he, Brock? Oh, not I, anymore. He threatened to walk out. Yeah, not anymore. Mm. And I thought... It's uh, birthday. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Lesnar comes down to the ring, gets inside, says hello to Bobby Lashley. F5s him out of his goddamn shoes. German suplex, another F5. Annie Kamora's Bobby Lashley. Uh, and leaves with his cowboy hat with a feather in and everything. Which makes storyline sense because payback's a beer. So, 
Yeah, I really like this. Again, it's for me, this is like a bigger picture thing that I want to isolate for praise. As Brock's walking to the ring, so Bobby Lashley's already name-checked Brock. Yes. So he's just put that back in people's minds that he's beaten him. But Bobby Lashley at the moment is beating everybody. So Brock is supposed to be one of the, like, put him in there with Champa and with Ali. I'm, I'm beating everybody that comes to face me. Whereas we know, having watched it and having not been Goldfish, that he completely stole one at yeah. the Rumble and celebrated like a dick as well. Roman won it for him and he walks out, I'm the champ! Everything's gone Bobby Lashley's way. And, you know, you're not supposed to forget everything you watch. So that never sat right, did it? And then Brock's walking in the ring and Kevin Patrick says it again. Like, I beat him at the Rumble, but what's he doing here tonight? Straight away, you've been given two reasons why Brock Lesnar has a memory and might be a little bit pissed off about this. So whilst he's presented as a heel, because Lashley's a babyface now, again, it's Triple H trying to say, please, if you want, have a memory. Have some faith in things. We will try and revisit it, and we will try and make you care. This undone, however, like I really enjoyed bits of this and had problems with the other. Um, I love how they are correcting that Rumble match in the finish because Brock versus Bobby could be really big, and it wasn't anywhere near as big as it could have been last time around it. Like apart from those head drop suplexes, yeah, yeah they, they ruled. Oh, the actual match was good. Yeah, yeah. just the result and the the storyline surrounding it and all the rest of it. Um, so I really like how they're correcting that. Even if Bobby Lashley just happens to go out like a badass this time, that's exponentially better for the character than what they did. But the idea that Brock Lesnar's back, not doing anything with that United States title, get that away from all of this. Right? Okay. Well, we'll have Seth Rollins who just got beat on the Sunday. You can do all those video packages in the world talking about how good the United States title used to be once upon a time. If you're not going to treat it with any reverence in the present, I don't care about video packages about the past. <laughs> I will not take it seriously going forward. So, yeah, Lashley's been been laid out. He's been comored. His arm may well be broken. And then, of course, well, you know what happens. That's we've listened to that a lot today. You played that a lot. That's got no right to still be extracting a pop out of us. Yeah, Seth Rollins comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Rollins comes out and he's like, right, come on, let's have a better knuckle fight then. He's up, mate. Right. The preview was funny. Inserting my cack in the songs is funny. But Suck my, suck my, suck my, suck my. <laughs> yeah. That's all the shield covered now. <laughs> well, what about Romans? Uh, sick, 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 sick my cat. <laughs> suck my cat. Okay. Suck my, suck my, suck my back. So, in an ex- if you just didn't listen to the preview yesterday, <laughs> in an extended riff on DX, where we tried to really. Dis- <laughs> 25th anniversary, after all. Drill into what it meant. What it is. Suck. <laughs> we thought that we discovered, oh, actually, it's my gag. Then we just got into songs. This week will be the end of it. Yes. Okay. Probably. <laughs> so he comes out. He's taped up, obviously, because Matt really gave his <laughs> chest in at Extreme Rules. Uh, and he's like, come on, fight me, fight me. And Bobby Lashley's like, sorry, do you not watch me just get murdered by Brock Lesnar? If anyone can sort of duck out and, and not, you know, can, can keep fighting everybody and keeping this belt is me. Goes to leave and Rollins drops. I thought you were supposed to be a soldier. That's right. He goes full murka on his ass. And God bless the United mm. States. We don't get it here, do we? The whole patriotism. No. Some people do. Not not me personally. Nah. But anyway, Lashley's like, I nah. was fortunate enough through some whimsical 
wind whip of the universe to just be born here. Yeah. And it's just, oh, that's good, actually. I'm quite privileged. Mm-hmm. If anything, I should be more sorry for the other people who weren't born in a country like this. <laughs> yes. As opposed to lording it over them. <laughs> that, thankfully, from some little blob of spunk, <laughs> I was born Where did it come out of? My dad's cat! <laughs> Talked about on the podcast today, Dad. Did you? Can I hear it? <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Last he's like, oh no, I'll fight anyway. Uh, but he's obviously he's in no fit state to fight. He rushes in and immediately gets pedigreed by uh, Seth Rollins. Gets a near fall off the back of that. Uh, Rollins, despite his ribs, then hits a frog splash for a two count. Uh, Lashley fights back, though, hits a spear, but he's too hurt to capitalize. He can't lock on the hurt lock, and Rollins recognizes this and goes after the injured arm, puts him down, the, the, hit strikes to the back of the head, puts Lashley down. He stomps him, but he knows it's Bobby Lashley. One won't do. A second stomp gets the one, two, three. Rollins celebrates. Seth Rollins is your new United States champion. I love this. Um Seth Rollins is, is an established main eventer. Maybe not the guy in WWE, but definitely can have him, as he did on Saturday, a main eventer. So this will... The title's in good health. It remains in good health. Moved on to Seth Rollins. You have the... Like, the precedent has been set by Triple H now that these secondary titles will be War Chorus titles. Sean and Bretton perfect titles. So Seth's going to carry that on, you would assume. He's just going to have great matches on Raw. Um, I know they don't do brand warfare, but can we... Uh, uh, yeah, yes, we can. Yes, you're permitted to have that, Gunther and Seth. You can have that if you want. Um, for a belt. I love the spot where Seth... So I'm just really into this uh, stomp law. I'm just <laughs> really impressed that they built this stomp and how what he has to do to stomp him. That bit where he, like, swipe kicked away Bobby's arm, the injured arm, like, just took a... Like, they'd call it a sucker kick, wouldn't they? Punt. Punt. I thought that looked so cool. Like, Seth only had two or three moves, moments in him because he's absolutely knackered and goose and all that possible tape. Ah, this worked for me. Can understand completely why it didn't for others, but I like this. Uh, this drama out the ass. They made a good thing. They made a stupid thing good. The Triple H experience. <laughs> I want to put over Phil Lindsay of Grapsity. Um, great follow on Twitter. Yeah. Great content producer, all the rest of it. So he tweeted, and he just put an image in my head. One thing is for sure, Rollins' first outfit as United States champion is going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. And someone, oh my God. And someone replied saying, him, I want him to go full Apollo Creed, lol. And then Phil Lindsay said he 100% should come out to uh, Living in America. Yes. That's um, great. Remember how I know it was like seen living as... Living in my f***ing game. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though. Like... That would be so good. He's going to wear, like... I loved it, but it wasn't... Lex Luger, yeah. 93, I mean, yeah. Remember when, like, a lot of people were like, oh, Vince, you were the dirt worst. And I agreed, but it looked cool. Remember when Nakamura was Uncle Sam? When he won the US title? Oh, yeah. And I was like, I think that looks, like, pretty awesome. But it had all these nasty connotations. Yes. Because of Vince, and it's like, you just... You could just book him as Shinsuke yeah. Nakamura if you wanted. <laughs> Seth, you can lean into like that. Lex Luger, 93 gear. Oh, my God, he should yeah. get a bus. The Seth Express. Oh, oh my God. They've already got one. Him and Becky raise that like the daughter on and a bus. Piss Cody off as well. Oh my god, bus stuff. <laughs> American. Oh my god, he's the American nightmare. Yeah, American I got, nightmare. Oh my, I got an god. American nightmare for you, right? Yeah, he's pointing at his cock again. It's, it's actually the belt, but it's next to it's gag. He's gonna swing it like Eminem. Call used himself to. the American Dream. Oh my god, that's brilliant. This could be brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. 
and then last last he called uh, Brock Lesnar a little bitch and said if you good good as well like they should have some teeth about this you know everyone has to kowtow to Brock under Vince this that's not how, how we should book him anymore yeah uh, he's challenged him to show up on Raw next week for all that uh, then we got um, a rundown of what had just happened basically by the commentators and it was interrupted by a spooky Bray Wyatt video uh, <laughs> Fiend's back it's great uh, he's, he's hacking into the feed and telling us to revel in what we are Ooh, what does it all mean hopefully we'll find out on Smackdown we'll preview that on Friday of course and Elias is back next week too yeah I mean that's yeah. sufficient time to grow a beard presumably pretty much yeah well, there's a bit more left in uh, old Zeke. Nah. No? It's too fun for trips. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then it was time for Matt Riddle versus Sami Zayn. Jesus. With the Usos. I like the show, but I'm getting a bit bored. I need a piss. <laughs> the Usos are at ringside. Um, and it's back and forth stuff. Uh, Sammy uh, manages to, to get Riddle down and starts choking him in the ropes. Jay just nails him with a boot to the face. And Sammy's like, hey, 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 I've got this. I've got this, pal. Um... Uh, Riddle sends Sammy to the floor. Uh, Sammy manages to hit Arabian Moonsault to take us to a break. When we come back, uh, Riddle's in control, kicks him down, hits the Broton for a two count. Uh, Zayn get, comes back with a Mishinoku driver to get a near fall. Um, or he goes for something, I think, flying at this point, just gets kneed out of the air by Matt Riddle. Um, and they go to the outside again, and this time Sammy physically says, no, 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 Jay, I've got this, uh, and gets rolled up for a two count. Uh, Riddle splashes him on the floor to go to commercial. Zayn sets him up in the corner, suplexes Riddle. Uh, Riddle gets out of the way of the Huluva kick, though, and hits a suplex. And uh, they're on the outside. Riddle's kicking away at him, going, really? You're not going to get involved? And Jay's holding Jimmy back, saying, no, no, no. He said he's got this. Hey, hey. who are we to question? He's number two at the end of the day. Uh, Sammy goes for Blue Thunder back in the ring. Riddle counters that with the RKO. One, two, three. And Jay has a great look on his face, like, well, you did say not to get involved. Another fine TV match that was more about the angle than the match, but that's absolutely fine because of it's on episode of Monday Night Raw. I, I kind of want that more sometimes than just loads of great Triple H matches. Nice to have a bit of light and shade. This is why we beg for characters, WWE characters especially, not to be so one-dimensional because everything you saw here felt real. Sammy should feel like his authority as the honorary use and Jay's keeper is being threatened by Jay helping. And then Jay can feel vindicated in not helping, but is now going to eat some sh- off Roman for Sammy losing because the one thing Roman said was, make sure Sammy wins. So all of this feels true to the story. The characters feel like they were behaving as they should and Riddle gets a big win, which is good because they're obviously building some momentum with him as well. Like, it's not easy, but this is how simple it can be when you actually know who all the characters are and they're not just like talking props that can only focus on one thing at once. And I really liked it for that. Action was fine, incidental, and you can elaborate on that. Like, Jay, uh, Sami Zayn can say, obviously, I'm going to tell you I've got this, but, like, this is your first time interfering in a match. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> you do that once you've suckered that idiot riddle in, and they can make Jay look like the worst. If you can't even stand there and influence the win, like, what are you even doing here? Sammy could say, like, Jimmy wants help. It's because, like, me and Jimmy, we're kind of like twins. We're kind of yeah. brothers. we got that telepathy going on. Come on, Jay. Honestly, I love Sammy's saying so much. <laughs> He's the best. Uh, and Riddle exits. And then we get the D-Generation X 25th anniversary. Follow me. I am Sidgwick. It was <laughs> nothing to see here. It was, it was playing all the hits, I suppose. Uh, Road Dog referred to them as D-Geriatric X. And, uh, Is that something else as well? Yeah, sorry. They, I forgot. Yeah, they're playing. They're doing all the, you know, the big entrance and the screen stuff. And... Uh, well, you get the song, but then you also get the the 
Ian Brown live version. Oh, God. Uh, it was so, what's, he trying, what's he trying to do? So funny, and he's so, he's so charming and witty. What was, what was he actually trying to do here? Because it wasn't a voice crack. He, he was mimicking it. Chris Warren, the late Chris Warren. Yes. Iconic like, singer of the DX band and this theme, and he was mimicking. Got a round from my mate with a bet about the uh, DX theme because he was like, it's Rage Against the Machine. I was like, it's not Rage Against the Machine, pal. <laughs> no. That's the idea. Yes. Um, and they, yeah, they do all the, they do all the, play all the hits, like I say. Um, nice. What did you think of uh, Corey Graves' line? So, well, right. So uh, the line, the road dog throwing the mic out just for Billy Gunn to have his like flowers from a distance. This was sweet. I know. Like this was really quite generous and there was no sense of malice. Like, we know Triple H absolutely despises AEW and wants to crush... He is as motivated to crush AEW as Vince was to crush Ted Turner because he got, NXT got his ass kicked. He doesn't hate Billy Gunn. And this was just nice. Again, like, next time, we I mean, we probably still will be smug and snarky dickheads when we're like, well, what's Triple H going to do to neg AEW? But now he's put something in his column and say, well, maybe he won't. Yeah. I could not believe that. I could not believe it. Yeah. That's my only takeaway from this rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, so he does the whole one half of the uh, tag team champions of the world... Road Dog Jesse James, and their crowd does the badass Billy Gunn. And uh, what do you think of Corey Graves' line about Gunn doing something with office supplies? Not funny. But the acclaimed and Billy Gunn should take note that they're over, all the way over. Because yeah. when, you know, when you're acknowledged by the competition, and they, that was an acknowledgement. They, in response, should probably stay away from any of this material on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Max Caster's probably had to tear something up. He was ready to fire oh, back. Oh, don't be nice. Yeah, I've got <laughs> nothing to fire back with. Uh, and he uh, Triple H gets on the mic and says, who was there 25 years ago? And uh, yeah, know your audience, a lot of people. Um, and he says, oh, we're all so bloody old. And they, they, let's get ready to suck it. Get ready to suck it. Oh, suck it. Suck my cat. Oh, get ready to suck it. It be in my cat. Yeah. Suck my cat. Suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it. And there's the end of the show. That's your lot. What's your out when we say suck it? Sean did call, and like I think this is a bit of a dangerous shout on his part, for if they're doing that in 25 years, effectively for like, God, strike me down. Strike me down, God. And it's like, you might be, I've seen a lot of WWE, you might be doing this in 25 <laughs> years. I've seen older, weirder guys be dragged out on television in wrestling before. Look at they're still doing this crap that we're too old for in 25 years, you know, God, strike us down. Yeah, like 15 years ago was probably... <laughs> yeah, that was enough. That was enough. That was when I was saying that then. If anything. Actually. Actually. Noises now. <laughs> we just we just make noises. Dinosaur making. Right, let's know your thoughts on uh, on Monday Night Raw on the season premiere uh, on Twitter at What Culture WWE. Watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. <laughs> follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts or NXT. <laughs> Preview is coming your way a little bit later on today. And I love uh, Tuesdays, like I love Tuesdays. Whilst you're there on iTunes, you can leave us a five star review. Review just like Glenn Harrington did. Thanks once again, Glenn, for that. Fen, thanks, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Good save. Good save. Uh, right, this has been the Raw Review. Bye, Wilbs. Door noise. This has been the Raw Review covering the uh, the Raw season premiere and, of course, the 25th anniversary of. Thanks for the deadly voice. Thank you for joining us. Oh, wait. We'll see you soon. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.